Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of River City Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Our mission is to awaken people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. To find out more, visit rivercitychurch.com and thanks for listening. Good morning. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here. Families, welcome. Some of you I've met, some of you I haven't. Uh, the energy in this room I know Tim tried to prep you for it, but it's going to go way, way, way up in about 15 minutes in a good way, okay? We're going to get amped because we believe in what's happening. Uh, I want to talk about baptism for just a second, and then I have a verse about children specifically that I want to share. We're actually baptizing a lot of children today, okay? So the first verse I want to share with you is from Romans. Um, Actually, don't put it up yet, Daniel. Just hold on one second. I know I sent that to you late. So uh, (laughs) he received that verse about five minutes ago. Um, a lot of us think about baptism this way. So I've been feeling guilty or I've been feeling convicted or I'm feeling like I need to get my life right. So I'm going to get in the water and that's going to symbolize me making a statement in front of everyone to say, uh, I'm going to try to be really good from now on. Okay. So I'm going to stand up in front of everybody. I'm going to go underwater and I'm going to come back up. And then after that, it's on me to be much better and to be a really good person and to have this moment where my life was going one way and now it's going to go the other. Now that's not completely wrong, but that's not actually what baptism is. Okay. Are we ready? All right. So this is Paul writing to a church in Rome. They didn't understand baptism. They didn't know what was going on. They knew they were baptized. They knew that they were professing faith in Jesus Christ, but he was trying to help them understand. This is church that he had started in the city of Rome. So he said, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. I think that was the end. Yeah. So baptism is not just about us saying, all right, there was one day I had a lot of bad things go wrong and I felt like this was the best time in my life, the best opportunity in my life to just try to change the trajectory. So I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to try my best to be really good moving forward. I was bad. Now I'm going to be good. Okay. Paul is completely debunking that. Paul's saying, you're not going to do a really good job being good. That's why Jesus had to come and die to all of our sin once. And he not only died for all of our sin, he died um, the death that comes with sin once. And what Paul is saying is, so we've got a beautiful picture here of a baptismal right in front of a cross. He's saying that on the cross, we were united with Christ through our sin. We're all broken. We've all messed up. We've all done things we regret. Okay, We were united with him through our sin, but he died to that. But he died to that once for all. Okay, And then he says... He resurrected, he came, back, he came back to life. That's what we celebrate in a few weeks on Easter. He came back to life. He walked out of the tomb. And if we were united with him in his death, then we're certainly united with him in his life. So baptism is not about changing your behavior. Baptism is about you acknowledging that you were dead, but now you're alive. Okay? Many of you, or some of you, or a few of you, I don't know all of you, you might have said most of your life, yeah, I think I may, I may be a Christian. Or I think this is something that I'm into, but you've wondered why there's a disconnect in your heart and in your mind and why you don't 
feel like it's resonating with you. You maybe mentally assent to that, but there's no real connection to it, okay? That connection there is what we're going to be showing in this tub today. That's life. Once you're alive, it's not about right and wrong anymore. It, it overcomes right and wrong. It, it supersedes right and wrong. Paul's saying, live for Jesus Christ, not because you're not trying to be a bad person anymore, but because you're dead to that person and you're alive to this new person. Okay? So baptism is about being brought from death to life. Now, when we read your story about Jesus and children, we're going to baptize 13 people today. That's, you can, go ahead. Many of them are kids. And, you know, we get so excited on the one hand that we're baptizing children. On the other hand, we can go, oh, this is going to be really great for their future one day. Or, whew, I don't have to worry about this anymore if you're a parent. Oh, or this is a great start for when they're an adult and they can do the real Christian stuff, right? So here's Jesus having a real-life interaction recorded in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, okay? Then children, I'll read it from there, children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. So parents and different people in the community were bringing these children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples, so Jesus' disciples, rebuked the people for bringing the children to him, okay? Then Jesus kind of embarrasses his disciples and rebukes them and says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. So Daniel, just leave that verse right there, okay? Now, it's interesting if you read the gospels, this occurred to me months ago, and I've been thinking about this for about six months. I didn't know when I was going to share this, but today's the day, okay? If, it doesn't, if it's not good, like if it doesn't seem like I've been thinking about it for six months, I apologize, all right? <laughs> I just set myself up for disappointment. Um, but he, the, these people are bringing the children to him. The first thing I noticed when I, when I saw this is that when Jesus is talking to adults in the Gospels, there's a famous verse where he says, come to me. When he's talking to adults, he says, come to me. All you are weak and uh, exhausted, for lack of uh, a better translation, and I'll give you rest. Okay, but children are different. Okay, when he's talking to adults, he says, "Come to me." But we bring the children to him. You understand the difference? Adults, he says, "Come to me." We're, we're in a different place. We're in, we have more authority over our own lives. We have more autonomy. We can make those kinds of decisions. We can go where we want to go, so to speak. We can do what we want to do. But when he's talking about children, he says, "Bring the children." To me. Okay? So they're trying to bring the, the, the children to him, and the disciples, they seem like they, they, these guys appear to be completely out of touch, which sometimes they were. Okay? But they're actually representing the cultural norm in that in this society, in this time, children were second rate citizens. The adults were the thing. And you can get really specific and say the adult males were the thing. We won't go there today. Okay? <laughs> but the adults were the thing. So they were actually holding to what everyone else in the society would have recognized as somewhat normal. The parents that they rebuked were probably like, yeah, you're probably right. There are a lot of adults here today. So we wouldn't want to force these children through when there are so many adults that can be ministered to. Okay? Now, Jesus had this thing 
about upending systemic oppression. Okay? So there was a systemic oppression that made children second-rate citizens in this time. So Jesus just completely upends it right here if you read it carefully. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Only children can enter into heaven? What is he trying to say there? Okay. So we're so infected and affected by the society that we live in. I can be so practical. I can say things like, this is an investment into my child's future. I can make my child who's being baptized today about some future fruit that I want to reap. It's an investment that's going to pay off. It's, I've got to, you know, it's going to collect interest and then one day I'll be so happy. Or I can say, man, this is going to help me not fear and worry. This is going to help me not be stressed. My, my kids surrendering their life today, whew, check. Mom and dad are happy. My mom and dad are happy. Everybody's happy, right? Like all that stuff, okay? Whew, this went well. Okay? When Jesus says, to such belongs the kingdom of heaven, what he's actually saying there is that until we learn to come to him like a child, we do not know how to receive his kingdom properly. Children have not yet figured out how to use Jesus. To further themselves <laughs> for something that he owes them. Their hearts are not cloudy and clustered with all of those things that can creep into our hearts and souls and tangle us up in a way that stops us from receiving him just because he's Jesus. And if you don't believe me, I think Matthew was being extremely intentional in that he records the story of this rich young ruler approaching Jesus right after that. And this rich, wealthy guy that accomplished a lot, which there's nothing wrong with wealth, it's neutral, but it had a hold of this guy's heart. Okay? He runs up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, here's my resume, man. This is all I've done. What else do I need to do to get where I need to go? Jesus asked him one question. That was the one question that this guy could not say yes to. And he walked away from Jesus. Because if he did that, Jesus was no longer useful to him. Okay? Jesus was no longer useful to him. Now here's the part of the story that blows my mind. So he says all of these things, which everyone there would have been like, what are you saying? This goes against everything we've thought, we've known. You're completely demeaning us as adults. I mean, there would have been a lot. There would have been a stir. Okay? And he laid his hands on them. So this is in uh, Luke and Mark as well. So he lays his hands on the children, prays for them, and then he went away. He bounced. He only prayed for the children. Jesus was communicating so much in this moment and that he was saying, we are not just thinking about these children's future. The fullness of the kingdom is here, is now for them. 
Everything that I have is here for them. And you can actually learn something in your ministering to them, in your sharing with them, and your investing in them. They will teach you ever so slowly how to receive my kingdom the way that they do. But he also said, ministry to children is a full day. He didn't say, let me get these kids out of the way so that I can scoot to the back here and pray over some adults because they know how to thank me. He didn't do any of that. He said, today is about the kids. Now, who knows how many? But he said, today is about the children, and the fullness of the kingdom is theirs. The fullness, not part of it, because they can't understand all the theology we can, not just a little bit, not a bite size. No, the fullness. In fact, we need to learn how to receive it the way they do. Is that beautiful? So as these children are baptized today, may we receive God. May we not just watch them and be proud. May we do that. Absolutely. May we be proud and thankful and grateful that you've kept them and brought them to this moment. Absolutely. But may we not forget to receive of the purity of receiving you like a child. Okay? I want to pray for you because I'm seeing a lot of unfamiliar faces this morning. And before we move on, okay, before the roof pops off this place, I want to pray for you. And if there is any area or in general any way that you need to receive Jesus just for him, just for him. In other words, Jesus, we know that you're willing to help and that you're compassionate and that you answer prayer. We know these things. But you know what? If none of that was true, Jesus, you would be enough. Just you. All I absolutely have to have is you. And if you've ever suffered, he's taught you that. He's allowed you to learn that. That that's all you absolutely have to have. Okay? Let's close our eyes. I want to pray this over us. Jesus, please let us learn from these children. Please let us learn from these children. We don't want to use you. We don't want you to work for our benefit. We know that we can ask you for things, Lord, so I'm not trying to heap guilt on anyone for that. But the purity, the simplicity of you being absolutely all that we have to have forever, not just now, but forever, Root that deeply in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here right now that just says, Jesus, I'm sorry, and I want to receive you like a child, that we'll do so. You're enough. We ask all of this in your name, the strong Son of God. In your name we pray. Amen.